I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's coming up, Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by the Krusty Canned Food Drive. Ooh, ah. And say... Did someone say box kite? No. The common box kite was used as a means of drying wet string originally. Ugh. Uh, we're also brought to you, of course, by the Stingy and Battery Show. <laughs> they bite and light and bite and bite and light. We are, of course, talking about the episode Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. This is the ninth episode of The Simpsons' seventh season. It originally aired on November 26, 1995. It was written by Spike Ferriston. Hell. Welcome to the yeah. show, Spike. <laughs> Hello. Um, it was directed by Dominic Polcino, and the showners at the time were Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. That was the fashion at the time. That was the fashion at the time. We got a c- couple good grandpa moments. We really do. Speaking of. And I wanted to also say that Spike is an amazing writer. Um, whether or not you are familiar with his name, you are absolutely familiar with his work. Well, tell me about it. He wrote on Seinfeld, and not only did he write on Seinfeld, he wrote probably some of the more famous episodes, including Ooh. The Soup Nazi, Wow, The Wig Master, uh-huh. Little Kicks, no, and then like six other great ones. But those are the ones that really have. <laughs> <laughs> those ones got the power, baby. But I love that. Isn't that crazy? Six other great ones, I feel like he would agree to that's how he would describe his body of work as well. Oh, sure. It's just like on Gilligan's Island. It's just like you list all and then the rest. Right. Or I was going to say John Swartzwelder and how he credits himself on his um, detective novels. Uh, writer 59 of Simpsons 59 episodes. episodes of The Simpsons. I love it so much. You know what else I love so much? Huh. Your introductions for our guest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, thank you so much for volleying it over to volley it even back. That. It's just, I, I always love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, then I'll just roll into it. I am so excited to have our guest on the podcast today. I'm going to say, long time coming. You were part of our conversations uh, to be on this podcast back when it was in our kitchen. And I kept saying, mm, I don't mm. know. And you're like, mm, I'm going to wait. <laughs> and then I broke your spirit. I picked up the phone. No, I didn't. Our sound engineer, <laughs> Jesus, sent you an email. Uh, you know him um, from stand-up comedy. You know him from his hit podcast, Yelling About Pate. Uh, you know him because he's been a good friend of mine for a very long time. Uh, please put your hands together, or don't if you're driving and listening to this, for Carl Hess. Oh, my God. Thank hey, you so much what about for that? having me. You know what? Because you complimented me, I, pupped, I pumped up that intro. I love it. I love the idea that Ali's been like, I don't know about this Haskell. Let's put him on the back burner for a guest. Let's go back to Carl. I don't know about it. I don't know about it. There are some uh, nuggets of truth to that. You know, I'd see you out and about. Sure. And I'd be like, you got to be on my podcast. Sure. But you know how podcasts go. Yes, podcast for podcast. Um, scheduling them is, is a real son of a bitch. And, you know, uh, sometimes you just forget. Well, it's great to be here. <laughs> Very happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. We were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording. Uh, I'm happy you're here. And also happy you were able to talk about this episode. It this didn't get episode, snatched up. I've always loved it. And when you sent me the list, mm, I was like worried mm. because you've done a lot of episodes. Right. You're prolific. I was looking down the list. I was like, a lot of the good ones. I don't know. And then I saw this and I was like immediate because this has some I've always loved this episode for whatever reason I would I would guess that it's because it's funny and good. It's funny and great, and also like, you just blew my mind with the Spike connection because Seinfeld is my other favorite show. Of course, so yeah. that is a great little fucking is, fact right there. I think so too. What a true joy it is! I, I'm going to say that we are exposed to this more in the digital era because we're able to just like sort of Wikipedia around. But what a joy when you realize mm-hmm. that like it's like the matrix of like having that extra layer of awareness that like everything right. comes. Comes from the same You're house. seeing it in the green font. <laughs> Everybody like, overlaps. Oh all of my, my sense of humor is from the same Harvard. Three... Oh my god! <laughs> or, so everything's yeah. Harvard. Or you know what? It's it's not the Matrix. It's the movie, the number twenty three. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Which is a, a movie I've never seen yet. Reference all right. the time. I've never seen it either, but I thought that was a funny reference. Thank you so much. <laughs> so. 
I want to just dive in. Let's dive in. Whole whole body, whole head. Oh, be careful. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. But you were teasing a little bit of of that you really were excited to uh, have this episode to talk about. But what specifically about this episode appeals to you? Like, what makes you go, hell yeah? This is an episode that, like, I would always remember fondly. Mm -hmm. You know, it was never, like, lost to my memory. It was always like, oh, yeah, Sideshow Bob, the atomic bomb. And it just had so many great bits and bits that, like, really resonated. Like, the... President Ike Eisenhower, let's get busy. <laughs> so me and my brother were obsessed with The Simpsons growing up. Mm-hmm. We you know, talk about Simpsons and quote them all the time. That is like in our top five <laughs> quotes. Like we we say that constantly and it always makes us like, let's get busy. <laughs> and he moves the picture. It's so like simple. Like he's getting busy. It's so simple. And that drawing of Eisenhower it's is so, so like, good. like kaji, just like. And there's so many like just random, like any great Simpsons episode. Like when Bart's, when Bart throws the backpack to Homer and it goes underneath both tires <laughs> yes. and it just bursts into flames. Yes. That got me. It was like shit I like that. I love that physical comedy. Yeah, and there's just so many good jokes. Um, and I just love Sideshow Bob. Like, I've always loved that dynamic. I love Kelsey Grammer. I love Frasier. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, everything about this episode just appeals to me. Yeah. And yeah. I love Krusty. Anything Krusty-centric, it's like, it's... I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, Krusty yeah, in any state, but particularly in a very delirious, yeah, agitated. Doing his best. Don't <laughs> take the Paris set. How am I going to make fun of the frog? Yeah, I love like how driven he is. Like he is just constantly right. like he's insane. So greedy, so driven. Right. Like the world is practically burning around him, and he's like, no, I gotta drive all he's the way out to the caricature of a comedian. And I know. As a comedian, I think all of us it resonates maybe yeah. a little too well because yeah. he's insane. Yeah. Yeah, the so uh, the idea of basically like the world is about to end, but and TV is gone. Right. Uh, but I'm going to use the emergency line to get eyes on me. There are people that I know that would do that. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 Deep down, we all would. I mean, we all. If you're doing stand-up comedy in in any respect in LA, especially, you are driving so far for so little stage yeah. you're time. You're basically for doing no. Audience. You're basically at the alkali salt. You flat. are. Picking up a and scorpion. You go, and you go, and you then, you do that, and then you go, 100 sets, 100 right. days, baby, I fucking killed yeah. in front of two people that are waiting to go up. You're like, doing the emotional equivalent of the Stingy and Battery like show, is yeah, what you're doing. I feel we've done those shows. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish it were the Stingy and Battery show. Oh, my show. God. That bit, when he that's drops it. That's better than any it, of oh, my that's material. Not good. <laughs> and it's in black and white, so it feels arty. I love it. And yeah. It should also be noted, when I joined AST Forums, which was like a special thing at Comedy Forums, my screen name on the forums was Professor Gascon. It's so funny because he's just like, he doesn't know what to do and he's looking at Professor Gascon. (laughs) It's so good. When I see that scene, I mean, if we're talking about like the um, parallels to stand-up comedy, I think about that when I'm like writing a packet like late at night and like it's like a Fallon packet. You gotta get it in by like 1201. What the fuck am I doing? I hate my life. Desk bit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Dance with my Ikea frame. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a desk bit. Yeah, he loves to dance, right? <laughs> you know, it's that's the state of mind you're in, just yeah. delirium. It, so good. It, my, the thing that it made me think of this time watching it um, that really made me chuckle uh, to tie it into other things that are connected to The Simpsons as well, this reminded me a lot of the writer's strike and how Conan oh, yeah. O'Brien continued the show without his writers, and he basically would just, like Krusty in this, try to kill the time, and there was just a moment where he was just spinning his wedding ring around, <laughs> right. and I was just like, that is his gasoline Mr. Gascam. I love that. Yeah, man. right before Sideshow Bob, like right before Crutchy sees him coming, what he's doing in front of the camera is just like, eh? and he's just <laughs> shuffling back. He's completely run out of ideas. Uh, so yeah. the episode actually starts with Krusty, um, and uh, we're going to actually play that clip. Great bit. I'd like to thank everybody who contributed to Krusty's canned food drive. Your generous donations have made this our slipperiest, slimiest, slapstickle course ever! <laughs> our contestants will drop out of my nose and blurp into a tub of refried beans. From there, they'll stumble down a sluice of rich, eggy bernet sauce. How can we afford it? It's rancid! And... At the finish line, a scrumptious parfait of pudding, pickle brine, and detergent where a writhing pile of kids will grope blindly for hot dogs. <laughs> Trusty, please. It burns. <laughs> oh, just think, Lise. That's our pickle brine burning sideshow mail. 
That Sideshow Mel thinks he's so big. Whatever happened to Sideshow Bob? Don't you remember, Dad? He framed Krusty. He tried to kill Aunt Selma. He rigged an election. And he tried to murder me. Oh, yeah. But what I'll mainly remember is the laughter. <laughs> I, I love this runner. I mean, we get the forgetful runner of like, you know, of course, Mr. Burns never remembering who Homer right. is. You know, Mo always calling Marge Midge. But I do really love like just they do this a lot with Sideshow Bob because I think because it, it's so high stakes, like Bart almost right. dying. And I'm like, oh, oh you know. yeah. I mean, thing. there are so many layers to the meta commentary on TV uh, tropes in this episode. I mean, it's an sh- episode about TV. Sure. But that being the first one out of the gate of like, you know, right. we don't remember anything within the canon of the show. Mm-hmm. It's week by week, baby. It's I so love good. it. Uh, and then, of course, another area in terms of uh, reflection on TV, uh, which, as you mentioned, that is kind of the entire conceit. Oh, you know what? Huh. I totally blew over the ice cold Wikipedia entry. Oh, can we get a quick uh, yes. synopsis before I drive our listeners insane? I mean, there are going to be so many people. If they're not even familiar with the episode, are you even a Simpsons fan? Thank you. Don't. Don't. This, is, this is golden Don't. age Thank shit, you. guys. Don't. Come on. Don't. The Twitterverse will be so angry. They're right. already so angry with us. I mean, I haven't seen this us. episode in, in like probably You know what? If they years, don't but... like it, they could go to the other Simpsons podcast across the street. <laughs> Please don't. No. Please don't. Of which there are many. I'm sorry. We need you. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Um, my favorite segment and yours. <laughs> Reading the synopsis from Wikipedia, ice cold in the episode. <laughs> Sideshow Bob mm-hmm. attempts yeah? to rid the world. Uh-huh. Of television. Oh my god, that's it. All right, drastic, drastic means. (laughs) It it really is very funny and crazy, um, and we'll get more into kind of like the big theme of it all. Yeah, Um, but I just wanted to talk about that crusty canned food drive thing because it, of course, uh, is making fun of Nickelodeon and Double Dare and those types of shows. And I just have to say. What a time to be alive. I feel very lucky. I, it was good to be a kid. Yeah, yeah. What were those shows? Yeah. Like, it, like revisiting that like as an adult it. would be horrifying. Well, I, you know, I, I, love I, I, I do feel like truly that we experienced culture in the way that like other generations went to Woodstock, but we got right. to watch this on television we as had the big children. Huh? We had the big help. That, that was our Woodstock. Oh, it was um, sponsored by Nickelodeon. <laughs> it was Celebrities during... had to reach into a nose and grab a, a flag. That's, the, that's what it was called? No, the big help was a big, like, um, environmental effort, like, you know, having the first, like, uh, sparks of kid activism. Like, they would have an annual event where they would have all these celebrities come and, like, they would recycle with kids and they would do this and do that and, like, just do things that were giving back to the earth. And and they also <laughs> had um, a big uh, televised concert that would be a part of it. And I remember one year the Cherry Pop and Daddies played. Oh, shit. Wow. And it was, I was like, a culture, clearly a cultural I was, event. I was waiting at home just inches from my TV, just like, wow. Wow, this is Woodstock, truly. That's front row. But I also remember, yeah, it is. I also remember that they changed their lyrics to their one-hit wonder, um, that Zoot Suit Riot, sure. throw back a bottle of beer. Throw back a bottle of beer. They had to change that out. I forget exactly. Throw back a bottle of slime. I want to hug back a bottle of, I want to hug and kiss you. It was something like that. And, um, and yeah, I uh, the big help. I think they did it for, I want to say, like seven years. Wow, I'm sorry that I don't remember. Sadly, it. all that slime that they manufactured will never biodegrade yeah. and causes they, cancer. I think so they knew that and that's <laughs> right. why they, they wanted to give back. Buried it's distraction, you know, like corporate philanthropy is sure. just a distraction from... They, they can never find out about the slime no. through a concert. <laughs> I'm reading a lot of books that are... I'm reading Bad Blood right now about um, the Theranos startup. Fascinating stuff. Um, yeah, and so I'm, I'm like really conspiracy theorist right. corporate right now. I'm really like a terrible 17-year-old. I love conspiracy theories in general i think that they're very fun mm-hmm. and why not like yeah why not why not believe that? it's you were, fun you were tweeting them. about a conspiracy theory the other day ruth bader ginsburg's dead bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh you didn't oh. know oh you think she's alive wake up man wake, yeah, up. wake up those gym photos are staged right. and photoshopped i will tell you anytime that the old at midnight account or the new mad magazine account tweets about paul mccartney being dead yeah. 
maybe it comes from someone in this room. What? <laughs> Carl, you've been tweeting well, about... Well, it's getting too close. Sorry, Carl. Well, it certainly wasn't me. <laughs> the walls are closing uh, in like that one scene in Toys. <laughs> yes. Terrifying. <laughs> Anyone else? Terrifying Just movie. me? Um, okay. <laughs> Talking about looking back on something like the Nickelodeon shows that were horrifying. Toys is horrifying. Oh, Toys yeah. is a horror show. That, that movie was like a decade ahead of its time. It truly was. And some say that clock is still ticking. <laughs> right. uh, maybe, I don't think maybe the maybe boomerang is right. coming back the on toys. The time of toys has not come yet. <laughs> um, so we, we actually go to see where Sideshow Bob is now. And we you talk about how great that theme song is yes. for Sideshow Bob. It truly yeah, is like... The ominous. It really just gets you excited. It's just like, I like coming. I like my Bob Evil. Oh, yeah. Okay. Me too. Such a good character. Um, yeah. And yeah, he is such a good character because he's not just evil he's not just charming he's also like an insanely nerdy person like he's yes. building right. the Westminster Abbey right. inside he's basically of a Fraser. he is Fraser yeah Lord Autumn Bottom <laughs> I didn't I could not possibly write down all of his turns of phrases that delighted me um, but I am overwhelmed when I watch episodes that are Sideshow Bob's um, or Sideshow Bob centric because there are so many great little phrases that they you know put into his mouth and it makes me think of like how much fun these nerdy Harvard writers yeah. have and um, in that in that Kelsey Grammer that, voice like he just making just everything fucking, velvety oh my god the dulcet tones the of grammar the dulcet tones of grammar I think he's sexy not not Kelsey, but I think Sideshow Bob is hot. Do we agree? Yeah, I would sure. Sideshow Bob over Kelsey Grammer. He can for get sure. it. He can get it. He can get it. Everyone, everyone, ask me on Twitter, please, if people can get it, and I will. T- I will weigh in. Well, it's funny. I used to have a giant fro, and I think you guys may have known me during yeah. the fro years. My hair's shorter now, but yes. I kept it very. I had curly, big fro, and everyone would call me Sideshow Bob because that was kind of the go-to cultural reference. There was a Justin Guarini period when he was popping <laughs> that people would reference him. But overall, like, Sideshow Bob was the number one hair, like, comparison that I got when I had it that really must, big in college. That must have been yeah. really nice. I was always like, I'm fine with it. Yeah. There yeah. are worse things to oh, be, sure. certainly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it wasn't as delineated. He has he has very well delineated, like, uh, sure. almost like a starfish. starfish. I, I, mine was less so, but it was, it was there. we've all seen that photo of Kelsey Grammer dressed up as Sideshow Bob no. for Halloween. No, no. let me quote Oh, my God. Wow. wow. Wow, I feel like I missed Wow, let's... wow. Everybody, pull yes, over your yeah. car. <laughs> and your uh, <laughs> you guys uh, do this at home while we take a quick break and look it up. There's nothing quite like sailing in the calm international waters on my ship, the SS Biopic. Avast! It's actually pronounced biopic. No, you dingus! It's biopic! Who the hell says that? It's biopic. Because it's the, the word words bi- for biography biology. and picture. If you... All right, that is enough. Ahoy, I'm Dave Holmes. I'm the host of the newly rebooted podcast, formerly known as International Waters. Designed to resolve petty but persistent arguments like this. How? By pitting two teams of opinionated comedians against each other with trivia and improv games, of course. Winner takes home the right to be right. What podcast be this? It's called Troubled Waters, where we disagree to disagree! No, I just looked at it. Oh yeah. no, do I not want to see it? It's, it's so disturbing. I, rough. I'm gonna be disturbed. You might. Kelsey's love a it. big guy. Like we're gonna we're gonna tweet this photo. Oh my! And god. And it's with like wife number six. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not that bad. He's trying. He looks like he's having fun. I. Um... Oh my god! Where, is that a custom made <laughs> wig? What is that? I've, it looks I've, velvety. I've shared with the podcast room before. I used to work at the Rainforest Cafe in downtown Disney, and Kelsey Grammer once came in. I didn't. I wasn't a server. I worked in the gift shop, and I once served him. I I helped him buy a monkey. Nice. So was he, I have was he friendly? Greatness. Yes, and in fact, he. Uh, I remember him like swapping out those Beatles lyrics, like I don't know, just for me and my monkey. Yeah, yeah. He loves singing. I mean, he loves singing. So he's singing that to like whatever child he had with him. Right. Exactly. And, and it's it, a very good story. But yeah, he was warming up. He's like, I have to work on the Fraser theme song later. I'm thinking something about Toss Out Scrambled Eggs. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to freestyle. Fraser, I feel like Fraser is making a boomerang back into the popular culture. Yeah. I think oh, is people... it because of Matt Myra? 
I don't know. I was going to say <laughs> it could be because of Matt Myra because he is a Fraser podcast. But um, talk salad. Talk oh salad. My God. Scramble. I know. But I was going to say that because maybe due to the popularity of Friends and that resurgence on Netflix, um, the most watched show mm, on Netflix right now. Really? Yeah. I have a song about I always considered friends. like Seinfeld and Friends as like diametrically opposed enemies. So I loved Seinfeld so much that I was like, Friends is for idiots. I'm yeah. smart. I watched my, Seinfeld and The Simpsons. My dad that makes sense. to be that way. Yeah. Well, my dad taught me, I've said this in the podcast, so please forgive me, but my dad taught me anyone that watched Home Improvement was a bad person because it was on at the same time as Seinfeld. So you couldn't possibly be watching one and not the okay. other. Okay. Well, I that remember checks out. watching Home Improvement, but like... I didn't care about it. Like, Thursday, when Seinfeld was on, my whole family watched that. Simpsons was just me and my brothers. My parents didn't watch yeah. Simpsons. But, like, Seinfeld was like, the whole family's sitting down, and we're watching fucking Seinfeld. And, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Alec and I have been watching Seinfeld from, like, the entire thing. Like, episode one to, you know, the end. And it's fu- I know that it's there was an article about it being problematic, but it's the best show after My greatest the dilemma is. is, I can't decide if it comes down to it, if it's Seinfeld or Simpsons. But... Simpsons are obviously still going. Seinfeld is like those just perfect right. seasons. Well, the thing about Seinfeld, I feel like what it really sparked. We, often when we talk about the history of TV, <laughs> I feel like we talk about prestige TV as being like, and before that it was crap. Right. It was and a then the Sopranos. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Sopranos came. And I'll admit, and the Simpsons makes fun of it, that the 70s and 80s were no picnic for sure. television. Sure. Um, and then this episode being kind of, you know, lambasting that in yeah. its own way. Um, but Seinfeld, I felt. You know, the show about nothing, it was kind of the first iteration of a show that was intended to be like a warm hug, intended, almost designed to be rewatchable and to be like, let's just hang out with your friends every week. I feel like the total opposite. I feel like it's showcasing people being really callous assholes in a way that wasn't showcased on television before. Because the whole premise is they're just fucking dicks. And it was, yeah. yeah, They don't care about other people. They don't like other people. I feel the same way, but in different, I mean, like, maybe my wording made it seem softer than what it was. What I mean is that, like, when I turn on Seinfeld. It feels good. It feels good. Yes. And I just want to like you. it's a warm hug the for viewer. me. Okay. Yeah. I but I, but I, I mean, I feel the same way about Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, that's about an asshole. Sure. You know, every when Curb came back, people were getting up in arms about like, because oh, nerds always do this when right. things get rebooted they love and whatever. Up in things, they including love arms. It. <laughs> First of all, I always say we do not deserve art, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we take what we get right. and we appreciate on, it. Um, but I was just so excited to see Larry David again in that role as himself, and did not particularly care. I was like, just as long as you don't like destroy everything I love. Yeah, as long as it's like I'm like fine. before, then I'm on board. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just keep going, dude. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's so hard because these are the type, you know, the whole reason we have this podcast is so we could find an excuse to talk to our friends and people we love about The Simpsons, but then it's hard to contain to just The Simpsons. Yeah. I want to keep talking about we love so all many the things. other things. But um, well, Larry David doesn't count. But so many of my favorite things from this time start with S, and I think that's cool. Seinfeld and SNL. <laughs> yeah, and and Spike. Spike. Spike is the bridge between Simpsons and Seinfeld. I love you. I love and you Spin so City. much. Thank you. You had a really great Marie Kondo Spin City tweet. Oh, if thank I may you. bring Twitter into the room. Hey, um, I But check it, it out. I can't describe it. It's visual. Yeah. It is visual. Uh, you know what else is visual? Yep. The next scene. Yes. <laughs> um, so this part, uh, we're basically getting that idea of like what has been going on with Bob and all of the people in jail are obsessed with watching television mm-hmm. and they're actually specifically watching you know Krusty the Clown and uh, he he really turns and just truly truly is someone who suddenly kind of out of nowhere like hates he says like I loathe that box yeah. and like he's yeah. just so ready to get rid of it and of course for people like roughly our age like I'm sure we might have heard that here and there growing up but I think much more relevant is the conversation now about social media. Like, people really hate Twitter and, like, being on an account. Instagram gets a free pass somehow. But, like, Twitter and Facebook, everyone hates and everyone's like, we'd all be reading and doing Mm -hmm. fine art. No, you wouldn't. No, you (laughs) you wouldn't. Yeah, there's, like, one commercial out. I forget even what it's for. So you failed. Um, But there's a commercial where it's, like, a bunch of kids on their phones and, like, the dog is, like, with them, too. And, like... 
like, is Dodgers on? I don't know. But then, like, you hear a mom's voice be like, remember that amazing afternoon that, you know, you never forget spending it inside looking at your phones? Yeah. Me neither. And then it's like them outside. I'm like, hey, mom, don't judge me. Okay? Oh, you mean the I'm a phone, woman. the greatest human achievement of all time, a supercomputer that fits at in your for pocket? A second. Let me look at it for a second. I don't need my phone telling me how much I'm on that phone. No, phone, that's not your place. Let well, me use you. Also, like, it just brings us together hey. more. We're having a good time together. Mm-hmm. And I, moms use it way more than they kids. Do. Sure. They do. I think if you have a healthy relationship in, in sparking a balance that you know you're being honest with yourself that is not consuming you in a way that like brings on the weepies, then fucking or just if, go it, for if it. it does acknowledge that and be like, I'm just gonna push through it. That's what I do. <laughs> like I need to get the off push Twitter. No, just through push through it. Push through FOMO. the sadness. Push through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's sometimes I used to be a part of message boards um, back in the day. Did you have a Simpsons name? No, like, like I did with Professor Gaskin. I was on a ska message board, OCSka.com, and my uh, username was Girl X for some reason. Okay, I think because I thank you. I spelled girl with an e. Damn um, right. Thank you, and uh, uh, I own it. I own it. I was just visibly disgusted. <laughs> I think it was because there was a uh, website called Girl.com, and it was G U R R or G U R L. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And then you like it. Oh, well, e? e? That's just crazy. <laughs> I I was creative and found another you way to e spell it. Crazy. Uh, but I was also making zines at the time, so that was kind of my zine name. Anyway, we don't need to get into my ska days. Right. Yeah. Just because I know that you probably don't know this, even though I've said it on the podcast before, and I'm sorry. My OK Cupid name uh, was uh, Could Eat at Arby's. So oh I had my a Simpsons. God. Yes. Yeah. And then when, when someone, like a guy messaged you and he, kn- and he knew about- the reference. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's a good filter for guys who you'd, you'd be into. It if is you don't less- get the reference, then I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> you don't get to talk I, to from me. From my understanding, it wasn't a good enough filter. It wasn't mm, a good enough filter. Well, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It was mostly messages about roast beef. Uh, yeah. Or like, Arby's, that's gross. But you know like that OK the Cupid worst. trick where you just scan their profile and you pick out three things and you go, hey, this, hey, that, hey, this. Do you do that? I mean, I, OkCupid was years ago for me. It was a very long time ago. I definitely was like, I would try to come with something funny specific to the profile. That was like definitely the move for me. You got to do it. It was like the MySpace of social like dating, I think. Yeah, yeah it was, I think it was, yeah, it was, it was solid. Pretty cool. You got to like make it your own, you know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and now I have no idea what's going on. Uh, well, at this point, basically, uh, we're trying to figure out how Bob is going to dismantle television, yeah. or why he hates it, and then how he's going to just escape prison at large. And basically, we find out that there's going to be an air show uh, to which he, of course, finds uh, to be repugnant and like, who would ever like that? What and- country fried rube? <laughs> So yes. impressed by something like that. <laughs> All of the Simpsons and a begrudging Marge is what I wrote in my notes. I also want to say right before this moment, um, there's a really great physical visual joke where, um, you know, Sideshow Bob is like uh, raking a bunch of trash uh-huh. as part of his um, prisonly duty. And um, he goes, there, that's the last condom wrapper. <laughs> and then a plane flies uh, and just makes everything scatter. And it's beautiful. It's so good. I also liked just... Just the, the look of that pile of condom wrappers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I I really like when they're talking about the air show, like every single person except for Marge throughout the entire episode after this actually is like very excited <laughs> and her de- her delayed like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is so cute. But I also just really like, the, you know, we've talked about this before, Julia, but every now and again, there's like a weird emphasis on some of the line reads and Bart says, I want to see some birds get sucked in the engine. Yeah! <laughs> it was just it's kind like of like... Interesting line Really, read. really hard push on birds. No, he goes, rare birds. Oh. I want to, no, he goes, I want to see some birds get sucked in the engine. Rare birds. I love it's it. It's so funny. There's so <laughs> many, like, so seemingly nonsensical jokes in this episode. <laughs> yeah. that, like, they just, like, really pump hard on that gas for One that I, I wanted to mention that really got me, that I, I had forgotten about, was, like, when when they're getting back on the prison bus, like Bob and his fellow prisoners, Wiggum's like, ah, where's the guy who kills people and takes their faces in Sideshow Bob? And one guy's like, here I am, Chief. And he gets on the bus. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, where's Sideshow Bob? I'm like, I don't know. He ran off. And he's like, 
All right. Well, if anyone asks, I beat him to death. It's just like those like throwaway dark, so super dark jokes. Much. Love yeah. It. Yeah. And and so basically, when uh, when everyone else is on the bus, this is when we we get this great uh, heist going, this great plan uh, to escape from Bob, and we have this great clip with Colonel Leslie Hap. Have a blap. blap. <laughs> <laughs> so let's listen to that here. Who's in my private washroom? McGucket, let me in. The door already is closed. What? This is Colonel Leslie Hap. Hap a blap. If you don't open that door, I'll tear you up like a Kleenex at a snot party. You say you're in the military? Sweet anologay, son. I'm going to come in there and corpse you up. Corpse you up and mail you to mama. Well... Where'd he go? <sighs> Got my knuckles all lined up for nothing. Sorry, ladies. Yeah, whoever's doing that voice, that's uh, that's really masterful work right there. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like, yes, it is our Lee Ernie, known for his role in oh, Full Metal damn. Jacket. They, they oh, damn. Oh, my God. that it was They him. got the man himself. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that's why it's so fucking good. It was specifically written for him, there and much of his dialogue was difficult to write. Is what Wikipedia says. Okay. That makes sense. Thank yeah, you, Wikipedia. Th- we've um, we've talked to Josh and Bill about uh, their and other Simpsons writers' loves of, love of Stanley Kubrick, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it does make sense that of course a character like this would sure. actually be the real dude. I want to shout out really quick as we're talking about uh, Arlie. Me. Um, <laughs> there is another great podcast um, that is uh, available where you find podcasts. Um, I was there too, and he interviews him. It's uh, hosted Hello. by Matt Gorley, and uh, it's just so great. Matt's such a great podcaster, but um, there is one where he talks to him about working on Full Metal Jacket and like all this stuff, and uh, he just has amazing stories. And you know, he, like he's such a tough guy in Full Metal Jacket. He's such a tough yeah. actor guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's just like you and me. And was like, no, I was like real pleased as a peach to get that, you know, like he's so I think soft he used and... to be a real drill sergeant. Was that he used to be? And I forget how many years had been since he stopped doing okay. that and then started acting and kind of fell into it. And um, iconic. iconic, yeah, iconic. But he said that it, it wasn't easy for him to get that role. Like he still had to really compete for it. It was like him and like five other people or something. But yeah, that'd be funny great. to like interview him and only ask about that part in the Simpsons. I'm such a huge fan. Hap, hap a blap. Oh my God. Yeah. Can I ask you what it's like working on the Simpsons? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like what Conan says um, about how people, it doesn't matter what he does in the world um, it, with his career. It's all masturbating people... bear. <laughs> no, actually. I mean, it, Con- it's... Conan, what's masturbating bear like? Yeah. Yeah. What's he, what's is he cool? Um, no, he says that people come up to him from all around the world going like, monorail. I mean, it's still, um, it's still one of the best. Still one of the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he didn't want people to say it, he shouldn't have written it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everything Cone. about that. Cone man. <laughs> if Stay you love that still. episode so Only much, why don't you marry <laughs> it? Uh, so at this point in the episode, uh, there are a few things that happen. We actually, there are even a few moments that we missed because there are so many good jokes yes. throughout this. One funny thing, of course, is anytime Homer reads something wrong, I tend to laugh. He thinks that there's going to be some free duff. It ends up being, Great bit. Yeah. Uh, walk us through it, or walk us through some of your favorite moments. So they walk into the air show, and Homer says, this free duff. And he goes, life is sweet, or something like that. He runs over, he starts pounding beer, and then the crowd moves, and you can see the stand says, alcohol-free duff. And then the guy rings up all the beers he drank, and it's 50 bucks. Insane. He passes out, but then he's like, hey, 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 and he just <laughs> crawls yeah, away on the ground. It's a real, like, I mean, that is very Looney tunes It's very and, funny and visual guy. We're catching Homer being, like, full puppy in this, and, you know, it does does, we'll get into it. It does get like real stakes are being raised um, later on in the episode, but Marge is very much, you know, behind the wheel of that. Uh, speaking of behind the wheel, Ooh. this is when we see Milhouse uh, yes. behind oh the wheel of the airplane. Yes. One of the funniest moments I, of this entire episode. I laughed episode. out loud. Like, <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming, but I still fucking laughed out loud. Take that, Mom. Take that, Dad. Send me to a psychiatrist, <laughs> will you? Take that, Mrs. Sally Waxler. <laughs> and, then, and then he gets blown yeah, away. The ejection seat. Oh, my God. The it's way, so great. It's the way they render like sudden shit like that. Like I always think about the moment. Where Bart shakes up Homer's beer in the paint thing. Yeah. Just the way it's like, April Fool, poof, like the way, <laughs> yes. like the timing is so perfect. There is a like 
very primal, animalistic response that I have that The Simpsons does a lot. So I see it the most there and I just can't help myself. Uh, whenever they say take – like they launch a cat with a, a big uh, – what's the catapult. thing? A, a catapult. Right. And it just goes – or like a deer from the Canyon Arrow. Yeah. Like my sister and I especially, we'd be like, oh my God, like that visual and that sound and so everything. Funny. Like I hope everyone's okay. It's so fucking it funny. It always gets me. They even have a joke like that in um in the in the third Harry Potter um, or in the second Harry Potter because they have the Whomping Willow and they oh, just yeah. have like a bird sitting on the tree and then it just immediately like just smacks the bird away and yeah. it is so Simpsonsy in the most unexpected place. Right. I gotta rewatch Physical those. violence always funny. I agree. There's no it doubt really about is. it. It's one of the funniest things ever. It really is. One of the lines that I don't think was in that um, Colonel Leslie uh, clip that I really love is just but maybe I missed it but it's just him saying what in the world according to Garp and yes. Amy laughs yes, so yeah, throw away, just like yes 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 <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, we we get the great grandpa moment of um, uh, of just he just simply sizes up Bart after he says what well, a hunk of junk about the Wright brothers model plane uh, just by saying you are ignorant and it's just like very I simple love that. and it's right. just like but then he goes on to explain it completely wrong yes it's so good <laughs> and then I love Bart just saying and very genuinely so how do you know so much about American history I pieced it together mostly from sugar packets <laughs> so good such um, a weird random moment too yeah yeah. It's just like they have so many weird moments throughout this that really don't amount to much, but they're just like these bizarre kind Spike, of... Spike, dude. Yeah, Spike. Spike, man. I really love the idea of Homer coming back to... without aspirin and that, with that cigarettes made me laugh. instead. I forgot yes. about that joke. I was like, fuck, that's good. And Marge, poor Marge, has such a bad headache, and she sat right underneath. Uh, I know. They didn't right? have any aspirin. I got you cigarettes. <laughs> it's such a funny, so funny answer to that. It's so uh, funny. And uh, here's the song uh, that was blasting in Marge's ears. <laughs> <laughs> I jerked my neck around like a goon, went to Renovision to decide what I should look at. Ooh, look, it's Maggie! Uh, Maggie? <gasps> Sideshow Bob! Hello, Springfield. Sorry to divert your attention from all the big noises and shiny things, but something's been troubling me lately. Television! Wouldn't our lives be so much richer if television were done away with? What? Surely he's not talking about VH1. Why, we could revive the lost arts of conversation and scrimshaw. Thus, I submit to you, we abolish television permanently. Go back to Massachusetts, Pinko. Oh, and one more thing. I've stolen a nuclear weapon. If you do not rid this city of television within two hours, I will detonate it. Farewell. By the way, I'm aware of the irony of appearing on TV in order to decry it, so don't bother pointing that out. <laughs> so I love good. it. Me too, because like, he knows that that's exactly what we would so do. Pre-internet culture, mindful of internet culture. It's yeah. so good. They really had, I mean, I'm, you guys have probably covered this, but like the way that they address fandom and like, I remember the first website I ever went to was SNPP.com, Springfield oh. Nuclear Power Plant. Yeah. And, like, they had every episode, the entire script, and then, like, references. And it was, like, like I think they had, like, the first internet fandom. Yeah. And I feel like that site, I, I'll have to look this up. It may have evolved to Springfield, Springfield. I tried to search know? it today, and it, it wasn't active. Oh, yeah. Well, you it guys, may be Springfield, Springfield. Okay. There is a chapter about this in our book. Ooh, wow. Uh, 100 God. Things Plug the Simpsons that. Fans Fuck. Should Know and Do Before what They Die. natural <laughs> But all your fans listening already own that book. They already own Unless they're it. fucking mooches <laughs> getting this content for free. Yeah. Not buying the book. Thank um, you. The website that I remember going to earliest in my life was... Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it was it was just a Spinal Tap like fan page. Okay. And it was yeah. just like, well, they're they're clearly not going to update this. <laughs> you know what? Am I here? You know what my website was? <laughs> what? Mickworld.com. 
Like Mickey Mouse? McDonald's no! website? McDonald's nice. website. You're like, I love McDonald's. I love but computers. But it was McWorld. I love that. Do you I... remember McWorld? No. No, I don't. It, it basically was like a busy town Sims <gasps> thing where oh. it was a map and they made a bunch of like French fry towns. Oh, it was a game? Things. Listen. I don't know if it was a game so much as it was just like a... Interactive city? It was a promotion of like them creating like, you're in McWorld. That's kids. amazing. I love yeah. um, branded like games. Um, Me like too. there were a lot of like my favorite game of all time is there's like this like Cap and Crunch uh, CD ROM game where yeah. you're playing as the Crunchlings, which are just these little things. And I like it was the you have best. You attack the roofs of people's mouths and yeah. cut them. I get cut points. <laughs> I did on that. I have been. You reminded me just now. I've been. Uh, searching high and low for a CD-ROM game that was like Tarzan the movie mm. from Disney promo game that I we got for free. Know. Can you show me? Um, it's know. just like a film. I don't, film know. I don't know. She pointed at me. I got like nothing, guys. strangers like me. Like, um, okay. But I miss it so much. And I used to play it all the time on my mom's compact computer at home and I've yet to find it online. So if anybody knows the where search that continues. Tarzan game is, I would love to play it. I'm sure yeah. it's out there somewhere. I do think it's funny because this is what the episode is about. It's about, you know, as I said earlier, it, it works with social media, it works with video games. But just this idea that, that people are better off without these incredible inventions that are yeah. meant to delight us is so silly because that's what books were for so long. Get yeah. your nose out of a book. like everyone, What are you doing? What are you supposed to do? I mean, you, of course, talk to people. Like, don't for forego the experiences that people have but like give yourself three hours a day to do whatever you want yes. plugged in or not like who cares yeah i also so like really love the idea that bob is going to render this reality by using the ultimate human technology nuclear weapon yeah but then in the end it completely fails him exactly and it's i mean there is, it all comes around there is more irony there it's beautiful mm-hmm. know. so um let's the actually rats. <laughs> Uh, Let's actually take uh, one last break. Hi, I'm the JV Club Podcast, Janet Varney, and I used to suffer from indecision. I couldn't choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, whether to call or text, or the best way to cook my eggs. But now, thanks to my weekly dose of We Got This on Maximum Fun, my decisions are made for me. Thanks, Mark and Hal. Warning, we got this may cause shouting, phone throwing, the illusion that the hosts can hear you, laughter on public transit, and death. We got this with Mark and Hal. We know what's best. I want to say, so just some quick story beats to get out for people that haven't watched this in a while. Um, Go and watch then it. it. Do it yourself also, a favor. Do yourself oh, yeah. a favor. It is all on YouTube. Sorry, uh, Simpsons World, but it is all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um so Bart wants to be around when the guns start going yes. off. Everybody's like freaking out because Bob has announced that he has a nuclear bomb. So Bart wants to be around when the guns start going off. So he sneaks back into the Air Force Base. And then everybody, you know, Marge screams out, Bart, no! And then she runs up to the guard. And I love this beat where she goes, wait, my children are in there! And the guard goes, you must, <laughs> must be, be very, very proud, proud. ma'am. <laughs> I love also that. Also the guard when everyone's running out for you guy goes, stamp your hand for a turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he make, and Bart makes fun of him earlier yeah. They roll hey, in, top like, gun way to keep the parking lot safe. I have three medals for this. Um, but then, if speaking of Kubrick, we get another Kubrick shout out with this with Doctor Strangelove. We go to a war room with Mayor Quimby so and other you know official esteemed people. representatives of television. Yes, and and they are of course you get Krusty the Clown, you get Bumblebee Man, uh, you get Urkel. Yes, and uh, who else? Ken was Brockman. There? You got I Ken think? Brockman. Yeah. But there was another character who was it? Was oh, it Do- a Doctor Who was oh. there. Oh yes, it's oh. Like kind of thrown in. Yeah, yeah amazing. Interesting choice. There is an amazing, tight, tight little joke of a line that um, Mayor Quimby says. I like the way you said that. Thank you. Tight. Tight. Um, <laughs> our city won't negotiate with terrorists. Do we know a city that will? Love that. I thought it was very funny, and I had somehow forgotten. Uh, that there's an alien in this. Yeah. Uh, we go to Hangar 18. He's got the probe again. He's got yeah. the probe again. That was frightening. <laughs> like I said, there's so many jokes as wall to wall. It's just like in all these little cutaways. Jokes per minute jokes like ratio minute. is nuts for the this era of Simpsons. Yeah. Like, and then we get another um, grandpa moment uh, oh, where such a good joke. Uh, he mentions this elevator only goes down to the basement. 
And someone made an awful mess in there. It's just classic you know? kid in the outhouse. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's really great here, too, when, like, all of the networks, like the Channel 13 and the cha- or Channel 3 and Channel 11 are actually, like, yeah. crumbling yeah, yeah, yeah. down and exploding it. Like, this is the only option. They throw option. their dish off the roof and it, yeah. like, crushes the It's the, the only way it. to go. I mean, it, it truly is, like, for comedy reasons, it's so fun to see. And, and you do get a sense, like... You know, it's you know it's goofy as they're a viewer, it down. but you do get a sense of like this is real danger yeah. happening, and and it feels like there's so many end of the world episodes of The Simpsons at this point, but this still feels it was like in that fresh era of it. Yeah, totally. Um, so we get a couple of the shows saying their like final goodbyes. Yeah. Yeah. Bumblebee like, Man's very funny. It's very funny. And Brockman's uh, is very funny too. Uh, but something that I found very fun is just that uh, when. And Sideshow Bob sees that his plan has uh, gone well and that they accepted the terms. He's, he he wishes that he had asked for more, including better marmalade. And it just is fun because, yeah. well, Paddington, too, is in jail and likes marmalade. And I think that's neat. That's it's, a conspiracy it's theory. It's a throwaway line, but it's in there. <laughs> I do think that's neat, too. And I won't turn this podcast around and make it about how Paddington, too, was snubbed. But I won't not do that. I won't not not. It hey, was snubbed. It was snubbed. Snubbed, baby. I'm so sorry. I <laughs> Can haven't we start seen it, guys. A new ca- you know, but if there's marmalade in it, no, I want to. Hey. Carl, did you see Paddington One? I did. I'm sorry. I didn't okay. see Paddington That's One okay. either. I don't even need either. to see Paddington One. I see you know, right to two. Right to two. Right to two. Right to the good stuff. Right, right to the good. Okay. It is. It is charming. Is delightful. It'll make you feel good Alec about and I the both world. Wept. We were on an airplane. I, you could say I it's cried. like a warm hug. It is like mm, a warm okay. hug, but a different kind. Okay, different kind, <laughs> definitely different. different kind. Definitely a different type of warm hug than yeah. Seinfeld. That it's a little sure. bit like the premium ice cream price wards. That was so funny. Was so funny. Bro- I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Brockman's yeah. like favorite memories. It was premium like and dogs that were given cream. major credit cards, which and happens. those that weren't so lucky. And premium that, ice cream price wars sounds like a segment on Latin. your podcast. So or not Latin. funny. That happens to get. Latin. What was the yeah. first one? It was that ice cream wars, the dog thing with the credit card, the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. Right. Yeah. Yes. So many good jokes in this episode. It's crazy. But isn't it funny that he says giving credit cards to dogs and that's what they I do for Santos El Halper? It, I do think it's funny. I love when All things are funny. I, I love when things are funny, too. <laughs> and also what I find funny is Brockman's new column in PC World He's so magazine. bummed about it. Oh, you see, yeah. It's like the graphic comes up and his face just He's like so drops. He's so disappointed. Yeah. In today's you know episode, it would have been some fucking podcast. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. The lowest form oh. of entertainment. <laughs> I don't agree. Um, so we get this moment, which we talked about earlier, where basically Krusty is able to understand that he's able to use the emergency broadcasting and become the only show on television. Yeah. He's actually quite brilliant. Um, 100% of the audience. 100 share. Think of the ratings. Think of the ratings. Yeah. I really love that we cut back to see kind of what's been going on with Homer and Marge, and his hands are just covered in bandages. Like, okay, we can't climb yeah, the fences. That, that joke <laughs> that is, is so great. Another one of those just throwaway hilarious jokes. It's, just, I, it's so like, I mean, it's just moving the story along in a way that I'm like, mm, yeah. Right. Even the show you know exactly Homer trying to climb the fence, doing. just one beat joke, and you they're on to the exactly next thing. exactly what I need, Spike. And it's kind of <laughs> nice just thinking about Homer and Marge just doing a thing together like right. trying to get in the base Homer's so like rarely. I got this oh god my aunt so coming up now is a joke that um, really branded itself into my kid brain and I don't Maybe because it's it's very kid centric, but when Marge says, "At least they're wearing clean underwear," <gasps> yes, and then we have that dun, very dun, dramatic dun dun dun. We see <laughs> the underwear laid out still on Bart's bed, dun, and then dun. we cut to Bart. This is a great Bart episode. It really he's, is. Good. He's very he's like casually, lines. confidently himself, free and easy. Lease nothing like an unfurnished basement for pure comfort. <laughs> and then all Lisa says basement. is is something along the lines, just like, huh. Yeah. And then yeah. just keeps yeah. going. Yeah, no because it's so funny. Because she didn't see the cutaway scene. It is so perfect, Spike. You're such a great joke God, writer. Spike. Because we love we you, get, Spike. We love you, Spike. We get such a perfect callback to it not very long after. Yeah. So, you know, now a new plot point with um, they're overhearing some of the military guys talk about like how they hate his high tone voice. Lisa overhears that and she goes, You know what makes your voice high? And Bart says, <laughs> Tight binding underwear? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And she she goes no helium, and then that's the next plot point. But it's just so tidy. Classic Spike, Classic always Spike. doing Classic the three storylines like in Seinfeld. There you go. Ugh. It all there it is. comes look, together. Look at, yeah. Also, there's like a weirdly political joke where the one soldier is talking to half, and he's like, "I'd rather take an order from Bill Clinton than Sideshow <laughs> Bob." Know. Really funny. 
I mean, it does stamp it for the 90s. Sure. You know? But very funny and, yeah. and dark the in its general, way. The general feeling from uh, white men of that ilk. Sure. <laughs> uh, but this does lead to Lisa and Bart. Can you set up the bomb here? Because I know that yeah. you love the mice. So, yeah, they're in classic meddling kid fashion. They find his hideout. It's in the Duff Flimp. They found out because of the voice. And uh, him shooing away the helium, also a very funny bit. <laughs> yeah. And they, they come in and... Uh, Bob's, like, about to do the bomb because he's seen Krusty on the air. And he's like, fuck it, I'm blowing everything up. And then Lisa has this great line. She's like, don't do it. It's the easy way. And he goes, yes, I agree. And then he just pushes the button. <laughs> yeah. And they do that classic kind of, like, Terminator 2 Judgment Day clips of everyday life and them stopping, like, old people kissing Maggie in the field. You know, <laughs> and you think it's the bomb. And then you see it's just this tiny little mushroom cloud and the bomb does not work at all. Yeah. And then a bunch of mice crawl out. <laughs> yeah. and, and let's play that clip now. Best before November 1959. Damn it, Bob. There were plenty of brand new bombs, but you had to go for that retro 50s charm. Well, if it isn't my arch nemesis, Bart Simpson. And his sister Lisa, to whom I'm fairly indifferent. So crusty double-crossed you, but your basic plan was pure genius. Where do you get your ideas? Oh, please. Let's not embarrass us both with that hoary old stall-the-villain-with-flattery scheme. I should have known you were too smart to fall for that. Really? What type of smart? Book smart? Because there are a lot of people who are book smart, but it takes a very special type of genius to... All right, Bob, it's over. Come out with your hands up. No! How did they find me? It's so amazing. Good. And so then we see, of course, the marquee has been rigged up by Lisa. Yeah. Way to go, Lisa. Um, but that stuff is so funny. The ty- the book smart stuff mm-hmm. is it's, it's so, so good. It's the same. It's the type of joke that would exist now of like people that love to call themselves introverts. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> like he asked Bob about Myers-Briggs and yeah. Bob starts talking about ENTJ <laughs> and they're able to escape or something. I, um, I have to say, so uh, in that moment uh, with the extreme zooms and, so you know, good. the scenes, that's actually actually um, from the 1964 thriller Failsafe by Sidney Lumet. Oh, wow. I know oh. Never that, seen that. I know that we got Lumet heads that are going <laughs> yeah. to write to Where my us. Lumet heads at? Where my Lumet heads at? You've um, once again overlooked Sydney on the podcast. I know. This is unacceptable. I know. Uh, they, so they, it's from the, the end of that movie where everybody uh, freeze frames in anticipation of the supposedly imminent nuclear blast. And then in Wikipedia, I love that it says, this feels very Simpsons. Such was the ending of Failsafe. Oh. Such was oh. the style. Very at the poetic time. Uh, Wikipedia entry. Yeah, yeah. And, so um, you don't know if it happens, or it's it's it does. It's assumed that it, it's it happens. As, well, or, yeah, it's assumed, okay. and it, it also is a parody of the infamous um, Daisy ad by uh, Linda Mee Johnson in the '64 oh, yes. presidential I've, I've seen election. That, right, I remember yeah. that the nuclear annihilation, the threat, yes, the specter of yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, God, they took big swings. <laughs> <laughs> gotta watch Failsafe, gotta watch Paddington too. I'm putting it on the list. Yeah. Put it on the fucking yeah. list. But only one of them has marmalade that I know Ooh. of. Failsafe? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> they were having picnics in Failsafe. Right. Oh. She's about to spread the marmalade <laughs> firestorm. Yeah. One of them is racist. You get to find out <laughs> which one. Out. <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, we have an escape happening here where. Um, What's his face? Such a bomb. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those evenings. Uh, hops on the Smith- Smithsonian plane. Well, first yes. he gets in the Harrier. Yes. Walk yeah. us through it. So he grabs Bart. He deflates the blimp, which kind of disorients <laughs> yeah. everybody. Yeah. Covers Lisa. And uh, he grabs Bart. You see him take off in the Harrier jet, which was, there was a funny joke earlier where it was the pride of the U.S. Air Force. The British made <laughs> Harrier jet. Yeah. So they take off in the Harrier he goes, God bless the idiot-proof Air Force. He hits, there's fly and stop or yeah, whatever. He yeah. hits the fly button. And then it immediately crashes. And they and they come around the cockpit like they got him. And then it's empty. And then you see the Wright Brothers plane. Yeah. And they tie it in perfectly. Spike again. Homer's ramming the gate. Yes. And they're able to fly through the gate because they're flying even, so low. Even with the, like, four flat tires. Yeah. It's like, I'm coming to get exactly. you. Exactly. It then, is yeah, amazing. I mean, again, like, Homer being in pure puppy mode, like, him, like, running over the, uh, you know, razors on so yeah, for the gate and, and being like, hmm, and then doing it again. 
hmm, doing it again. Yeah. Just like so great. I, I don't have the exact quote, but maybe one of you do. But Lisa runs out and is so funny here because she just is like, yes, out of breath. She's like, Mom, I just had this yeah. thing happen. I escaped with Mom, and this happened, and then I and a blimp, I'm okay and a blimp now. me, but I'm okay now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, Homer just says, "I wrecked, I wrecked the gate, but you don't hear me bragging." <laughs> I know that that I Spike. wrote down just Homer's line for so that. Good. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's you. You get that great moment that you mentioned earlier. Uh, I truly laughed out loud when when Homer's trying to, you know, let Bart know he's safe and can come so down, and he throws the backpack and immediately just hits it, and it's just like, oh, for boy, me, that almost yeah. kind of like presages the type of like not tethered to reality humor that like Family Guy would bring in a lot later because like The Simpsons for the most part is based on like the real physical world you know it's like yeah. it's reality based but like something like that happening it's just this little <laughs> inflection of like ridiculousness and of the surreal where it's just like yeah the backpack person in the flame it's like a Family Guy joke it's fucking yeah. hilarious yeah no I I agree I think that it just also like it's silly stakes but it is stakes nonetheless like how terrifying for yeah. Bart to be facing jumping presumably to his right, death. It because it, it in the most, in the funniest it, way. It is like such a classic joke, a visual joke of like, you know, a dummy be exploding and right. then it's like, now your turn, yeah, you know? Uh, and like, uh, I don't want to, yeah. Also, I need to call out, for some reason, this is so fine to me, when they scramble the fighter jets, they intercept the Wright brothers plane and they just zoom right by in the fire. Yeah. It's like, Bogey's airspeed insufficient for intercept, so just we get out and walk. And, and then, then they just, they're just right behind them with their arms Arm out. Yeah, it's so good. And then, oh my uh, God. you know, as they're nearing this like sort of police standoff, um, all the cops have tennis rackets <laughs> and pool skimmers. So funny. And Bart calls it out. It's like, yeah, well, you won't get past those tennis rackets and pool skimmers. No, you know, you won't be able to escape. Rackets, if the tennis rackets don't get you, the pool skimmers will. Yeah. yeah. And he says, like, oh, you won't be able to escape. And then that's when Bob declares, like, oh, this isn't an escape mission. This is like, you kamikaze. know, a kamikaze mm-hmm. mission. He's going to kill Krusty. So good. And then, yeah, Bart says just like, but you wouldn't be anything without Krusty. Without him, you wouldn't even be Sideshow. <laughs> his love eyes it. just like glare. I love it. And, of course, you get uh, you get a great joke here. This is before... Uh, this is before Austin Powers came out, but it reminded me of the Austin Powers joke of the like the big um, truck thing that's going to tra- like crush yes. one of the workers. No! Yes. And it's just like get out of the way, yes. like you have time. No, and it's just exactly so good. And Krusty's after after going through what we've already discussed. Um, you know, he goes outside and and is terrified, but then he's like, "What's taking so long?" And sm- actually smokes a cigarette. Yeah, him jumping through the window yeah. and then like getting annoyed and lighting a cigarette yeah. that killed me. Yeah, come on. What is it, a lawnmower? What's the holdup? What's the holdup? I love how little he gives a shit. It's so funny. It's so great. Were there any moments of the crusty, the crusty single man show that we missed? I feel like we got them I all. Mean, it's so good. I think we pretty much covered it all. But yeah, that final moment where he's just like, eh. He's just like <laughs> rocking back and forth. He has nothing. But yeah, stinging and battery like, is so funny to me. And like yeah. that Ike joke just resonated. I, for whatever reason, it's so random. Yeah. And just like, it's so funny. It really is. I'm going to wager that some nerd somewhere has made a t-shirt that says the Stingy and Battery Show. Oh, I would buy that. I'll buy a Let's Get Busy Ike shirt. Put it on our T-Plub public store. (laughs) People, we can get get 50 cents off of it. No Uh, one ever got Professor Gascan when I was on those AST forums. I was like, oh, I guess you're not a true fan of comedy. I guess you hate comedy. That is a very deep cut. It's the deepest. It could also make you seem like a survivalist. Sure. So <laughs> sure. I, I've talked about this before too, but when I came up with the OK Cupid name, I had also looked up like a hundred others to see like right. I want to know who they are cuts. because if they have that name, I could be in love with them. Right. Right. And right. I would look up uh, Purple Monkey Dishwasher, and it would be like that's ah, just not happening with me right. though. Yeah. <laughs> because like yes, you're obsessed with The Simpsons, but unfortunately, that's just not enough. But what a good name! You right. were trying to find your lighthouse Earl. Oh, mm. Earl. Earl. <laughs> that's a. I, I, I always forget what the albums are, but the joke of of yeah. saying of just like oh, we have such different taste. This bad album. This bad album. This bad album. And then and look at Marches. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I wish I knew what it was. It's so good. Uh, I'm so sorry for not being a better fan. It's so okay. uh, Can you walk us through the ending? It's it, it ends. Yes, it's so funny. So Sideshow Bob wants wants to do his comic run into the shack and the Alkali Salt Flats where Crusty's been broadcasting from and he comes in you know Crusty jumps out the window oh my god he's about to crash 
Oh, what's taking so long? And they, of course, hit the shack. It bounces off. The, the plane falls to the ground yeah. in pieces, and they're just on the ground. Cops roll up. They put uh, Side Shabab in the back of the car, and he has his final lamentation, <laughs> uh, which kind of ties it all together. He's like foiled in a way that is so hacky that it can spew from the power book of the hackiest Hollywood hack or something yeah, like or that. like the most formulaic. The most, yeah, yeah, the most formulaic. And then, in a yes. great callback, Grandpa pulls up in the Harley because <laughs> earlier in prison, Sideshow is kept awake by a television program where Vanessa Redgrave is a, a, like a... a, a attitude-filled grandma, yes. and she goes, I'm a haul-ass to Lollapalooza. <laughs> so yeah. then grandpa just pulls up out of nowhere, I'm a haul-ass to Lollapalooza, and the whole family's, here we go again. It's amazing. Oh, it it's is so, so perfect. It's, good. A, it's perfect. One thing about that ending that I that stands out as a child is, you know, basically Marge and the family catch up to Bart, and Marge does her very classic uh, <laughs> try <laughs> and chew. <laughs> yeah, it's like, my mom. special little guy, like mm-hmm. all these kisses and stuff. I remember just being like, there's no way my mom would act that way. She would be so pissed at me. And I would yeah. always use The Simpsons as just like, how come you can't treat me like Marge? <laughs> wow, that's deep family dynamics. <laughs> and then uh, she would be like, it's a cartoon. And I'd be like, no, okay. Is it just a cartoon? <laughs> if Milhouse but it's written by bridge, people. It's written by Spike first and hey, mom. Hey, why don't you go over, <laughs> go back in time and finish that argument? Yeah. You know what? Just pick up the phone. We'll wait. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, that kind of stuff is so kid logic to be yeah. like, well, the parents on the TV show. And it's just like, um... And it's, great kid logic great. on Bart's part. <laughs> Your mom, yeah. you're embarrassing me in front of the yeah. army guys. No, I was going to say. <laughs> um, th- this episode is so excellent. Thank you so much for picking it. Uh, what would you say of the conversation or the episode itself is uh, a lesson we could take away from this? Well, I mean, it's really hard to get vengeance. Vengeance doesn't work out super well all yeah. the time. You know, when you set out for revenge, dig two graves, is mm, what they say. Dig two graves. Wow. Um, also, you know, never count out the Simpsons children when it comes to foiling a plot. <laughs> they will foil a plot like that. Yeah. You give them an inch, plot's foiled. <laughs> also, I think maybe, you know, Bob has some solid points about the degradation of our culture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how mass media has, uh, you know, maybe deadened some of the joy of, of this world. I feel a little dead. I feel a sure. little dead. Sure. Yeah. I feel like um, Sideshow Bob would have read Empire of Illusion by Chris Hedges when it came out. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. He would have loved it. He would have loved it. <laughs> I, I think those are all excellent Also, points. and finally, if it comes to choosing a bomb, don't go for that retro appeal. Uh, don't. Don't fucking do it. Get the new shit. Get These that new really shit. These are really good or, bits of advice. Maybe go for the, the retro one so I don't die. Okay, that's, oh, that's actually yeah, yeah. true. Go retro every time. <laughs> Go retro, retro every baby. time. That was a perfect foil, though, where it's like all the lead up and so then the funny. fizzle. Expires of... November 1959 <laughs> as expiration date on the it. inside. It's so like um, fire extinguishers when they expire. So funny. I thought that I researched this recently because I was writing something with fire extinguisher, and I was like, "Do they come?" Because like the comedy take is like, "It comes out gray because it's expired." Right. No, guys, it just doesn't come uh, out. That's not as oh, funny. It's not as funny. <laughs> I wish. Can I? Can we write them? Uh, you should come out gray. <laughs> Does it at least make a funny like sound when it doesn't come out? It like, might. <laughs> I oh, that's funny. It, it may look, sound like a fart. Yeah, just like now that's so... comedy. Oh, ba 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 <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for doing the show with us. Where can people listen to your podcast, find your stuff, see your sets? What's what's the place uh, to tell us my everything? My podcast is called Yelling About Pate. It's a food podcast, but we, uh, you know, also interview comedians, mostly comedians and chefs as guests, but other people too. Um, so, you know, if you're into food, you can follow that at uh, YAPPOD. That's Y-A-P-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. And what's a typical episode format like? Because, you know, we... you got some other people in the food space, well, the doughboys, the this, the that. Uh, a good question. And, I, and it allows me to employ a term, a podcast term that I just I learned from another food, podca- food podcaster called Front Matter. Huh. The front matter is what you do at just the guest, just the host before the guest comes on. Okay. Uh, yeah, just yeah. learned this term. So we do a huh. around 25 minutes of front matter okay. where it's me and my co-host who's a chef. And uh, we do a lot of stuff. We'll talk about places we've been recently. We'll bullshit. We'll also catch up because I don't see him a lot because he's very busy. He owns a restaurant. Um, what restaurant? The Wallace in Culver City. And he just opened a new sandwich shop in downtown L.A. called Estretto, which is a natural wine-focused 
Italian sandwich shop. It's very good. Did very I cool. also used to work or own a restaurant called Son of a Gun? No, that's John and Vinny. Oh. They own Animal Son of a Gun, Kismet, a bunch of other places. I love Kismet. Yes. Holy Kismet's shit. Kismet's great. If you haven't mm-hmm. been to Kismet, oh. go check it out. Uh, but yeah, so we'll catch up, talk about stuff we ate on the weekend because we record on Mondays. That's his day off. And then we have the Hot Take Hotline where you know everyone's got their hot food takes. Um, so guests will call in and leave a hot food take. But we keep it super loose. And the same thing with the guests. We'll cool. just, you know, whatever happens, happens. Sometimes there's, like, something that had happened that week I want to hit or some controversy on Twitter right, about French fries that we need to address. Yes, but, like, of course. overall, it's it's pretty loose. And uh, unlike this laser beam-focused, <laughs> well-oiled machine of a podcast, you we're just out it. there. We just got <laughs> mic stands at episode 60. We don't know what we're doing. I love it. People love that, though. I love that. But, yeah, follow. Uh, and I'm, I'm also on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Carl Hess. That's K-A-R-L-H-E-S-S. And you have a comedy show? I have a, a comedy, comedy show. show. It's uh, every uh, first and third Mondays at the Bootleg Theater. Hey, cool. um, it's a good, old-fashioned, good time. It's just stand-up comedy, folks. Hey, um, but you get good headliners. We get good comedians. There's a full bar, and it's a free show. Mm-hmm. And it's Holy Actually, shit. it's the tightest show in town because there's bands after a show. Yeah. It's an hour show. Trust That's me. Great. That's the best selling have, point of a comedy show ever. It's a fucking free hour parking, long. Free parking and hour long. I go by Vegas free rules always. Parking? Yeah. That well, not free. I mean, right. it's free and street parking. Parking can be kind of hairy, actually. But I'm over saying, the I'm leg, saying but. that if we're talking about like what entices me to yes. get out of my house, free, free parking, parking and, is a thing. And, and like a short show. A short no show, show ever should be over 90 minutes. That's no, that's what I'm saying. 100%. Vegas rules get them in, get them out, get yes, them gambling. There you go. So, you know. Now anyway. But you also are on the cooking channel occasionally. I am. Yeah? I am on this season of a show called Food Factor Fiction, uh, which is kind of like a food history show. It's hosted by Michael McKeon, prominent <gasps> comedic <gasps> actor. Yes. Uh, I actually have never met him. He shoots all his hosting stuff in his studio. I kind of will go out in the field. If it's like history of the pastrami sandwich, he'll like throw it to me and like I'm at a deli and I talk about history of pastrami in America and I eat some food. You know, it's a very fun game. That's Thursday nights on the cooking channel, 7 Eastern, 10 Pacific. What a great game. I want to fucking hang out with Michael. He's so funny on Twitter. I know. I love him. He's, I, he started following me, and then I I asked on Twitter for flex for flexing on him. Yeah, I asked for I asked just general on Twitter like what what play should I see with my boyfriend in uh, New York? And he responded with the name of a play, and we're like, well, we have to see you whatever he see recommends. It. And then he was in it, and so we saw what? a play with him in it. He recommended wow. his own play. Though? Yeah, was it great? That. It was, was amazing. A flex awesome. on a flag. Flex. And it had um, Edie Falco's in it. Yeah. Edie Falco's so good. Uh, I, love I was Edie just Falco. on a Sopranos <laughs> podcast. Oh, and we oh were that's amazing. Talking no, about no, no, no. <laughs> Eve's podcast, oh, Vince that. Mancini. I'm in the middle of watching it, and I have one season left. Oh, I was God. talking. And I don't know how it is. Oh, my God. I was talking about the second episode ever of The Sopranos on this podcast, so no spoilers at all, my friend. Yeah, go funny. On the latest episode of my podcast, we talked about Sopranos so yeah. It's a Sopranos Renaissance right it's now. So well, they're making the prequel. It's, it's yeah. back in the zeitgeist. Yeah, it's I'm back so in. excited. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for doing the thank show. Thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. This has been a blast. Julia, where can people find you? Thanks so much for asking. You can find me at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz, and you can find us at Simpsons Pod. Yeah, and Everything's Coming Up Simpsons is a production of Maximum Fun. Our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio, and our senior producer is Laura Swisher. Switch. Switch. Smell you later. Smell you later. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.